1: Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in on this Sunday evening. Here we are the Sunday following Thanksgiving, and I want us to continue to have an overflow of Christian gratitude and thanksgiving. That's what I'm praying for my own life, and I want to practice that. I was reminded of friends that I've had in the past and acquaintances and people that uh, I worked with uh, in years gone by, that uh, everything that I did for them, they would say thank you, thank you. And you know, my home, growing up as a child, my mom and dad insisted that we say thank you for everything. And it was a heart of gratitude. That was very easy for my parents who came through the Great Depression and World War II. Very easy for them to say thank you because they realized that everything done for them or everything given to them was a gift, and they were grateful for it. I think that's so very important. So we're going to talk a little bit here for just a few minutes about having a continual attitude of gratitude on this Sunday following Thanksgiving. Pastor Josh is coming in a moment to share some great things with us. But just because Thanksgiving is a few days ago, Let you and I determine we're going to keep our minds centered on being grateful, thankful, in everything, give thanks. The church at Thessalonica, Paul told, in everything, give thanks for everything. We're going to thank God for it. I'm going to Luke 17 in just a moment, and I hope you'll go there with me as we think about this. Now... Luke 17 is an interesting passage. It's a miracle our Lord did. Ten lepers were healed. And you remember the story, I'm sure. And in verse 15, out of the ten, only one of them, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Not one of the Jews, but a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. He was called a stranger because, well, he wasn't welcome in the temple of the Jews, and he was a stranger. But... The Lord said, He has returned to give thanks. And then Jesus said to him personally, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Ten were cleansed, but only one was made whole. I firmly believe that all of the damage that was done to his body by the leprosy, uh, perhaps leprosy does this, it actually eats away parts of the body, it eats away fingers, it eats away noses, it eats away different parts of the body. I believe this leper not only was cleansed, but I think when Jesus said, you are made whole, spiritually he was made whole, and also physically, all of the parts of the body returned. But it was because of a grateful heart, gratitude. And may the Lord help you and I to have an attitude of gratitude in these days. Now, I'm sure the other nine uh, were thankful for what had happened, but they didn't bother to go back. And the power of just saying thank you sometimes is hard to do. Uh, It is for some people. I've been with some before who had a very hard time saying thank you to someone. And may I say that That is something that should not be a problem with a Christian, truly a believer. Thanksgiving, though, should be the theme for every Bible believer, every Christian. Uh, We should have Thanksgiving flowing from our lips every day. Uh, The people that we connect with from day to day, we ought to be ready to say thank you. Uh, Paul reminds us in Colossians 2, verses uh, 6 through 7, that thankfulness overflows if we have a deep-rooted relationship in Christ Jesus and if our lives are built on Him. And it just it overflows, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Uh, read those verses, my friend. Meditate on that. Uh, is it any wonder when we look at today's world, is there any wonder that thankfulness uh, is not as apparent as it used to be? Uh, they're There out there today are those who, number one, they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, the most of them, and that's our job. That's our ministry. Can I say that's our mission field is to get out there and tell them about the Lord Jesus. But perhaps our words of witness might be even more powerful if we say thank you. To those individuals that maybe have provided some service or some kindness, say thank you and then say, hey, I'd like to invite you to church. Or do you go to church anywhere or can I tell you a little bit about my best friend? If you've got a moment, let me tell you about Jesus. And perhaps if we put thank you in front of that witness, it may mean more than just the witness itself. And as I've said already, every day is thanksgiving for a Christian. When thanksgiving is overflowing in my heart, when thanksgiving is continuing on in my life, my friend, I find myself at more peace within. A thankful heart toward God brings a peace that I really just cannot describe to you. It's it's greater than I could give words to, it's somewhat unexplainable that when I thank God for certain things, and by the way, I've learned to thank Him for the things that uh, I wouldn't call uh, the actual greatest blessings, but they turn out to be because I thank God for them. I thank God for the trials. I thank Him for the testings. I thank Him for the troubles. And I've found that gives me a much better attitude and more peace than just facing that trouble and facing that trial. And can I say just straightening my back and sticking my chin out and say, I'm going to make it through this no matter what. I find it much better if I humbly thank God for what I'm going through because evidently he has a much more wonderful, wonderful way of can I say, making me handle the troubles when I'm thankful and see that God has looked at it beforehand. May you and I do that. Uh, I'm going to offer up a prayer before Pastor Josh comes here in, in just a moment where I'm going to pray myself for, for myself, I'm going to pray for you, that our attitude of gratitude will continue on everywhere we are. When we have an overflow, and that's perhaps the great way to say it, an overflowing of thankfulness, then it will show in our speech, it will show in our actions, uh, it will show in all parts of our lives, whether we're at work or whether we're somewhere just shopping or whether we—and maybe you're doing some of that because Christmas is coming. But wherever and whatever, whenever— That attitude of gratitude makes such a difference. In these days when people uh, have the sometimes the attitude of getting your face and, you know, did you do this and uh, obscenities and all this, and you and I don't have to go there, my friend. So let's remember, this man was made whole. This leper, he was not only cleansed of the leprosy, but he came back. And Jesus spoke to him personally, and he said, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I believe spiritually he was made whole and changed. And as I said earlier, physically, I think all the damage the leprosy had done to his body was completely restored. God restored it all in this attitude of gratitude. And there's a lot he wants to restore in my life and your life if we have that attitude of gratitude. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own precious blood. Lord, I know I'm talking to hundreds of people out there right now that uh, they have a tendency, along with myself, to sometimes not be thankful for everything. We sometimes see things as perhaps the very worst thing that could happen, or at least something that certainly could never be a blessing. But help us to look through the eyes of the Holy Spirit who is in us, who says, in us and through us, as he prays for us and as he prays through us, that we are to be thankful in everything and that we're to give thanks because we know that God has all things under control. And with a God that's in control of everything, we certainly can be 100% convinced that He is working all things together for our good and His glory. Therefore, all things being worked together for our good and for His glory, we certainly can be thankful knowing this is the outcome of every situation in our lives. So, Father, I pray for all my friends that's listening now and others that perhaps are not listening, but they're my family, my friends, and my acquaintances. I lift them all up to you, praying that you will put in our hearts and our minds an attitude of gratitude when 400 years ago, this very year, this very month, just a few days ago, 400 years ago, the first official proclamation of thanksgiving was given, 16 and 23. November, I believe it was the 29th, and some have said actually the 23rd, but whatever it was, it was November of 16 and 23, 400 years ago, that Governor Bradford and those pilgrims had a wonderful time of thanksgiving for the kindness and the goodness of God. 400 years later, please make this an attitude for me where it overflows continually and doesn't stop because we finish Thanksgiving on Thursday. May this Thanksgiving continue through me, with me, in me, to others, everywhere I go and in whatever situation that I am in. May I have that wonderful peace of God that all things do work together for good. To them that love the Lord, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Hear this, this Samaritan leper, out of the ten, he was told to go to the temple. And he said, I can't go to the temple. I've got to go back and thank that one. That has to be God. I have to go back and thank Him for healing me. He was more welcome with Jesus than he would have been at the temple anyway. And you know what? With a heart of gratitude and an attitude of gratitude, you and I are more welcome with Jesus. So, Lord, I lift up my friends, myself, and all of us. We realize how welcome we are with you when we are thankful as we pray. Thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, our co-host, Pastor Josh, has come to share some great
0: information with us. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you, dear friends, for tuning in. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. We extend to you an invitation to come worship with us at any and all of our services. Our service times, driving directions, so much more is available through our church website. That's antiochbristol.com, antiochbristol.com. You can also reach us by phone, area code 276-669-4030. That's 276-669-4030. While you're on our website, you can find links to our program, whether it be this weekend 30-minute program or Monday through Friday 10-minute program that we have. Also, if you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, just simply search Answers from Antioch. You can connect with us there and every new episode as it's uploaded will come to your device automatically. So that's a great way to stay in touch with this program. But also on our church website, you'll find our Sunday sermon videos that are archived there. Various platforms where you can watch that, connect with us. So much more is available there at AntiochBristol.com. As we are leaving the Thanksgiving season. And by the way, I hope that you and yours had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And in my mind, this is still Thanksgiving weekend as we're here on this Sunday. And I know people are already in the Christmas spirit and moving that direction ever so swiftly. It's hard to believe four weeks from today will be Christmas Eve. Isn't that crazy? This year has just been a blur for me. Absolutely. And time is swiftly passing us by. And it may just be me, and the older I get, the faster time seems to go. Now, my father-in-law has a theory on that, and it's simply this, that the percentage of your life is the reason that time seems to go faster. In other words, when you're a four-year-old kid, one year is a fourth of your life, and it seems to drag on forever and forever. But the older you get, that percentage decreases. And so it seems that time is just rapidly passing us by. But this year has just been an absolute blur. But thinking about time, thinking about how that relates to the scriptures, Galatians 4, 4 tells us, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, Made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. I love this verse and it tells us there about time, how that God is outside of time. The Bible speaks about eternity. The word eternal or eternity simply means outside of time. So God isn't bound by space or time or matter. He is outside of all those things. He created all those things. Even Einstein's general theory of relativity equals MC squared and all those kinds of things. That helps us to understand that space and time and matter exist together. That they are all together created. And so God created space and time and matter together. He's outside of those things. But God acts in time. And praise God for that. And as the scripture says in various places that a a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. That's both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. That's just simply a way of saying not a mathematical equation, but to God he is outside of time and yet he acts in time. And so we see that he has the perfect time set aside and the perfect time for the birth of Jesus Christ. But when the fullness of the time was come at just the right moment in human history, God wasn't too early. He wasn't too late at the fullness of time at just the perfect moment God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. At the perfect moment in human history, God sent His Son into this world. God is never late. God is never early. He is always right on time. Now, from our estimation, from our vantage point as we are, can I say it this way, stuck in time, we can't see eternity. We can't get outside of time. We're stuck in time right now. But God is not, and he is outside of time. And he knows how to act in time at the perfect moment. And so at the perfect moment, Jesus came into this world At the perfect moment, God is working in your life and in my life and to bring about things in the perfect moment. I think we see this on display in many places in Scripture, but one that sticks out in my memory is John chapter 11. When everybody thought Jesus was late. Jesus, why didn't you come when we called for you? Lazarus is in the grave. He's dead. Martha and Mary were bemoaning the fact, Lord, if you had just been here, Our brother would not have died if you had just responded when we asked for you to come. Why did you wait? Why did you tarry? Why didn't you respond immediately when we thought you would? You see, they thought that Jesus was late. The crowd around them thought, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Nothing can be done. It's too late for Jesus. Why didn't he come? Maybe he doesn't love us. Maybe he's just not able to do anything and he's too embarrassed to show his face. No, as you read the account, you understand that Jesus came on the fourth day, on purpose, with a purpose in mind. You see, he's never late, he's never early. He's always right on time. There was an ancient superstition around this time that the soul hovered around the body for about three days. And after the third day, all hope of resuscitation of that spirit was given up. It's too late. Dead as a door now, as the old saying goes. Nothing could happen to Lazarus. And yet Jesus shows up on the fourth day. With a purpose in mind, he calls out to Lazarus in the grave, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out of the grave when all hope is lost, when everybody said it's too late, when everybody said he is late. No, he was right on time. There's a great gospel song that's written about that. Even when he's four days late, He's still right on time. Karen Peck and New River sing that song. Beautiful song that reminds us of this beautiful truth that when we think that God is late, he's actually never late. And uh, I don't think in our society today we ever consider, oh, God, you just came too early. No, we want it now. We want it right away. And when God doesn't respond right away, we say he's late. He doesn't care. Dear friends, that's not true. God is more concerned with timing than he is with time. That's a biblical truth that we see woven throughout Scripture. God is more concerned with timing than he is with time. Uh, We saw that in John 11. I think also about Jairus. This man who came to Jesus, he had a 12-year-old daughter on her deathbed. And Jesus is coming with Jairus to his house. But on the way, this massive crowd throngs Jesus. And Jesus stops. He puts on the brakes and he says, who touched me? And Peter and the other disciples are saying, Jesus... Look at all these people around you. How are we supposed to know who touched you in this crowd? Look at all these people. What can we do? How can we identify the person that touched you? What an impossible task. And Jesus said, I know somebody's touched me because virtue has gone out of me. Power has gone out from me. That healing touch. And we come to find out there's a conversation between Jesus and a woman who has been sick with an issue of blood for 12 years. She spent her living on every doctor that she could find in town that had a remote chance of helping her. And she couldn't find healing from anywhere or anyone. And she sought out Jesus, and instantly she was healed. But while all this is going on, this servant comes from Jairus's house and says, Don't trouble Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. It's too late. He didn't get there on time. There's that phrase again. He was too late. He didn't make it on time. Jesus looked at Jairus and said, basically, I'm going to paraphrase the scripture. He says, don't listen. Trust me, only believe. And so Jairus believes Jesus in that moment, even when it doesn't make sense. He responds with faith instead of fear. He doesn't need to breathe fear. He inspires confidence. Jesus inspires confidence in him, and he responds with faith in that moment and brings Jesus to his house when Jesus gets there and says, She's not dead. She's just asleep. All the crowd gathered around there just began laughing and making fun of Jesus. Oh, what a lunatic. He is so crazy to say this kind of thing. We know she's dead. Why does he say she's just asleep? They didn't understand. They thought it was too late. He showed up too late to do anything about it. Jesus put all those people out and only brought in Jairus and his wife, and Peter, James, and John. They went into the room where the little 12-year-old girl was, and Jesus called unto her, and she got up, They gave her something to eat, and she was as good as new. Uh, uh, Two miracles in that one passage of Scripture that shows you Jesus is always right on time. And dear friends, I just want to remind you, I don't know what you're faced with today. I don't know what difficulty stands in your way. Maybe you're like that crowd. Maybe you're saying, God's not going to do anything. God's too late. God's not going to show up in this circumstance. Think about this. What blessing did that crowd miss out on because they did not trust Jesus, because they didn't look to him with eyes of faith? They didn't get to witness the miracle that Jesus performed. Only Jairus and his wife and those three disciples got to witness that miracle take place. All the crowd was shut out from that proceedings because they did not believe, because they didn't trust him. And what could we be missing out on? What blessings from God could we be missing out on because we're not trusting him? And so as I go back to my bigger point, I don't know what you're going through, but I encourage you, trust Jesus. He is never late. He's always right on time. Again, he's more concerned with timing than he is with time. Now that pushes us forward into where we are in a biblical perspective. And many people say, where's the Lord's coming we've heard people talking about the rapture for decades now we don't see the rapture taking place and here they go again talking about the rapture of the church or talking about the second coming of jesus to this earth and they're talking about all these things and and it's still going on like it always has well did you know there's people who say that in the new testament too they're saying where's the promise of his coming You know, people are dying and Jesus said he's coming back. We don't see him coming back. And Peter tells us that don't look at that long-suffering as God as if he's forgetful. In other words, he's saying just because God's being patient with people doesn't mean he's forgot to come back or that he's decided to change his mind on if he's coming back or when he's coming back. No, It's settled. He knows when he's coming back. He says the the long-suffering of God is actually salvation for people because God isn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What's God waiting on? Why hasn't he come back yet? In a word, he's waiting on you. That's what he's waiting on. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on me. He's waiting on people who do not know Him to respond to Him through faith and to call upon Him and make Him their personal Savior. He is giving people an extension of mercy, an extension of grace. The more time that God gives us is just more grace and more mercy and more patience that he's extending to humanity. This is the day. This is the time to make things right with God. We don't know when we're going to step into eternity. We don't know when the trumpet's going to sound and the rapture call comes and the great tribulation will begin. We don't know when those things are going to happen, but I do know one thing is going to happen at the fullness of time, at the fullness of time when God came the first time time at the fullness of time is when he's going to come again the second time but the big question for all of us is are you ready to meet the lord are you ready for the rapture you can be today by calling upon the lord jesus christ through faith repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the lord jesus christ today while you still have breath in your lungs while your heart is still beating do not delay call upon him this very day Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.